Hey there, ladies and gentlemen. This is Michelle McPherson. I am here with Jerry West for another episode of SEO and Beer. How you doing, Jerry? Hey, I'm doing awesome. How you doing, Michelle? I'm doing good. Happy Friday. It is a happy Friday. And I, all right, so I got a quick story. Okay. Your story right, is so, good. What you got? Well, I, I travel a lot. And, you know, my, my, my biggest pet peeve, well, there's, there's, there's lots. You know. <laughs> well, number one, let's talk airport etiquette, right? Because most people don't know airport etiquette. Uh, if you're stuck back in coach, this doesn't happen when you're in first class, but it does when you're when you're a coach. All right, here's the etiquette: window gets a wall and an armrest. Yes. The aisle gets a little bit more leg room and an armrest. Yeah. The middle seat gets two armrests, right? I mean, we're a society, we're not fucking animals. Yeah, they don't and have it, anything else. That's all they got. They get, you know? Yes, yeah. mm -hmm. yes. So there are times when I book a flight last minute and the only available seat is the middle seat. Sure. And you end up jockeying with someone on either side of you for the armrest. And yeah. it, just, it just becomes absolutely Ridiculous, but my other pet peeve mm -hmm. is the service animal scam. Oh yeah, that's gotten really out of control. Oh yeah, because because right now they sell these little vests on Amazon. Yeah. So you know you can put that on your little poodle who is not trained as a service animal, mm -hmm. um, and they just put it on there just so they can get the animal on on the plane. And oftentimes they threw a fit saying, "This is a service animal. I don't have to." to pay the extra 150 to bring my dog on. Oh. And this is the scam they pull. I mean, I remember back in the day where if you wanted to bring your dog on, uh, it had to be in a little kennel. And yeah. It had to be able to turn around completely in there and it had to fit under the seat in front of yeah. you. Yeah. And there's people now that bring larger animals and don't pay. I, I've, I've flown with, with, with my German Shepherd before, mm -hmm. uh, not a service animal. Not as a service. I bought, yeah. I bought all three seats and had a, a this really cool uh, covering that goes over all three seats. So, you know, there's no hair left over and all that other mess that dogs often do. But, wow. um, oh yeah, and I, I wish. The, the flight attendant came over to me and she showed me the picture she took on her phone when she was doing the announcements. Mm -hmm. Everyone's head was down, you know, reading, doing whatever, whatever it was. And my dog, Prague, was the only one paying attention. <laughs> <laughs> Just looking right at her. Boy. What a good boy. Yeah. Oh, what a good boy, yeah. So anyway, this whole came about because uh, I ran across there was an issue on a flight. A, a woman who just had foot surgery, mm -hmm. uh, bought a first class ticket, didn't buy both seats, she's got bought a first class ticket, uh, you know, because she had to have her leg up and had to have the extra room, but she brought her service animal mm -hmm. on board, which was, I am not shitting you here, a pony. <laughs> a pony, she brings a pony on the, plane that's insane and the pony kit well she's on the, the bulkhead seat so she can't you know she can't slide this pony under the seat no <laughs> it's you seats oh my god and she's got it all dressed up it's all in this you know this light blue uh little outfit and of course of course of course she has a service animal vest sure that makes it official <laughs> pony yeah, so, you know, I, I posted this, look, you know, we, we've got to take our country back here. This is ridiculous. The service animal thing has gotten out of, out of control. You know, who's with me? And, mm -hmm. you know, everyone's making jokes. You know, people are talking about, hey, uh, you know, can can I feed it carrots? Uh, can, I, can I ride it up and down the aisles? <laughs> but one woman took exception and said that I was being a bully. And there have been suicides uh, in the UK over over bullying, and you know that that she hopes that no one kills themselves over 
over my comments. Oh my. She should not so, be on the internet. I know, if right? If thing gets y'all worked up, then you need to just not be on the internet. I know, and it's, it's, I, I just replied to her, so you know, the, the issue is, is here that, you know, horses, and I mean, I was exaggerating when I said horses, it's a pony, but still it's a horse. It's still a horse, I don't care. Oh, That's a I horse. Horses should not be on place. Yeah, it's a horse. Horses shouldn't be on planes. This should not be even a discussion. Just leave your horse at home and get on the plane. Let's all, all have a good time. And yeah, one person even commented, uh, uh, you know, quoted me saying, uh, "Horses shouldn't be on planes." is is not something I expected to read on the on the internet today. Things you don't think that you have to say, but turns out you do. What? Yeah, I know. So, but yeah, okay. it's, this is... I don't want to take a whole bunch of time on this, but I. I need to know, as far as airline etiquette is concerned, how do you feel about seat backs going up and down when there is someone behind you? I'm, I'm against it. Uh, I never recline back for two reasons. One, what it reclines, what a couple of inches, yeah, or so. And the the second thing is, it's it's being again. We go back to the airline etiquette. You know, mm -hmm. we live in a society. We're not animals. You know, there's someone behind you. The airlines are squeezing every inch they can. So yeah. leg room is almost non-existent. Mm -hmm. So you recline, uh, that's impeding on someone else's personal space. There's really no need to recline. Um, yeah, that's that's my, I'll, I'll, I'll give you a story that happened years ago. Mm -hmm. uh, I, was, I was working uh, on my laptop and mm -hmm. you know, when you pop down, I don't anymore because of the situation. When you pop down your little your little tray, yeah. there's that little space right there, and my laptop screen was just right underneath that. When they did a fast recline, it wasn't you know a little recline and then check back, making sure I was okay. It was a a full recline all the way back, and because my laptop was was stuck up in there, it uh, snapped my screen off. Oh my god! Yeah. And they said, that's your fault. You should have had the laptop like that. Uh, <laughs> so I am anti-reclining so we can still be friends. Of course. We're on the same page. Because you're an actual decent human. It's, you know, even, even on long flights, I don't uh, recline. The only time I do is when I'm in first class or business class because there's uh, no one behind me with an uh, arm's reach. Mm-hmm, yeah. All right, now that we've got that sorted. <laughs> we do have that sorted, I completely forgot. Oh, you gotta get your beer. Yeah. Okay. I knew something was wrong. Oh. What are you drinking today? I've got a uh, Orval Trappist Ale from Belgium. Very nice. Oh, you know what I hate is they will grab these Belgian beers that are, you know, from Belgium, but then they will have a U.S. brewery. I guess they license the recipe. Oh. And so, oh, I, no, I take that back. This is actual, it's a company that's the importer. Okay. Hmm. An importer in Seattle, so I don't know exactly how that works, but I'm hoping this is a legit and not a. I hate when they do that. They license the recipe or something. Yeah. And take because it's it's not just the recipe. It's it's the, the facility, whole, the material. Yeah. The whole facility. Mm-hmm. The wrong glass. I need, I need one of those. Snipper glasses. Anyway, that was my day. Arguing about horses on planes. Yeah, which is <laughs> ridiculous. <laughs> We're having an actual argument on whether or not it's okay to bring your horse on a plane. Yeah, that's nuts. And if the horse takes a dump, what a shit show that would be. Well, that's what I was thinking. Horses aren't trained 
you know, to not poop places. Well, it could so. be it could be a very well trained horse. I, I can. I love. I love horses. Love horses, but, do, but, but they just shit anywhere. I mean, that's kind of you know. They horses don't, don't belong on planes. No, no. God, it was ridiculous. Uh, oh, and uh, of course, uh, she blocked me. So another one bites the dust. You know, that's I. I, I would think uh, there are times I'll make you know, outrageous posts. Yeah. But um, for the sole reason, you know, to weed out the friend list. Sure. Uh, I had a post today on uh, Erica's, she also likes to be referred to just as E, uh, her, the power of un unpopular, that you, know, you don't want to be liked by everyone. That's stupid. We all mm -hmm. tried that when we were in grade school. It didn't mm -hmm. work out. Mm -hmm. So focus on, uh, and Colin Thoreau, uh, who runs Cold a Copy, has, uh, he, he did this by accident, but the way that he marketed and the way that he posted attracted the people that he wanted, and it completely offended all the people he didn't want. Perfect. Yes. And I think uh, through accidents as well. You and I have done a very good job at doing that as well. That we've you know attracted the people that, that we want and get rid of all the uh, snowflakes. It's mm -hmm. it's just <laughs> my favorite though is still is someone who goes and just 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 you have a little disagreement. But instead of having an actual discussion, that's it. I'm a block. Yeah. So it, it just ruins uh you know it's, it's even you know with getting into the things political. You know I'm I'm an independent, but I love I love talking with people who share an opposing view of mine because that makes an interesting conversation. You don't want to spend your days talking with people that just agree with everything you say. That's it's boring as hell. Yeah, and it's um, it's also really wonderful when you find somebody who does have a different uh, point of view than you who can actually have a conversation instead of just immediately Screaming. devolving into name calling and just bullshit but where you can actually say hey you know i believe this you believe this and and kind of go back and forth that's rare these days it really is um, critical thinking is missing a lot yeah and i've um i've had discussions with people and i've had i had a very strong opinion on something and mm -hmm. what they brought to the conversation changed my point of view. I'm like, wait, I, I didn't know that part of the uh, deal. So yeah, I, I stand corrected. And that's that's how we learn, that's how we grow, that's how we evolve as humans, having these discussions with people that we don't agree, agree with. Um, was it last but year? How, how many people do you think, like percentage-wise, can actually have a conversation and then turn around and say, you know what, I was wrong about that? Yeah, you know, I, know I, that I think- part. I, I think, yeah, well, yeah, well, 20 years ago, I think the percentage would be a lot higher. I, yeah, I think, especially in the U.S., how things have been polarized. Um, you know, the, the example I love to give is that when you're watching a sporting event with someone who is rooting for the other team, mm. and it is fascinating to see when there's a blatant foul or penalty mm -hmm. uh, on their team, they're screaming that, that didn't happen, and the replay shows it happened. Clear mm -hmm. as day, no, that didn't happen. This is what we've become, that anyone who's on our team that we're rooting for can't do anything wrong, mm -hmm. and the other team can't do anything right. That's what we've, what we've become. I agree. I see, you know, on a smaller scale, I see that every night at my son's basketball games. Oh my God! Parents are the worst. They are. They're insane. <laughs> yeah, you know, there's there's no scouts here. There's no right? one you know looking to sign your kid to a million dollar contract. Just sit down and shut up and let the coach coach and let your kid play. Yeah, and let the refs ref. You know, I don't know oh, how much they're yeah. being paid. I'm assuming it's not a ton. And you know, there's a reason that those refs aren't NBA refs. <laughs> They're just dudes doing their thing. So, no, just... Like they're gonna make a mistake now and then, let it go. Exactly. 
yeah. you know, it's it's all going to go into, yeah, it's, I've, I'm, I'm sure you've seen plenty, probably have some great stories, but yeah, it's, um, it's crazy. And yeah. I'm, I'm hoping that we can all, um, you know, it's a couple of years ago, um, trying to remember the woman, uh, Ray Lynn, I think was her name. And mm -hmm. uh, she was on the other side politically that mm -hmm. a little group discussion we were having. And she got blown away because we were actually having a discussion and no one was doing any name calling. And I'm like, yeah, uh, my friends are awesome. This is this is what we do. We have actual discussions. We don't just you know, t tell people, hey, go go screw yourself and go move to a different country. It's let's actually talk about this as actual adults. And and that's I think we, we've lost that art. I agree. Um, okay, so you want to roll into some affiliate marketing questions we got? Yeah, let's actually uh, <laughs> talk business instead of the crazy people who, oh, oh what was, before we move on, remember yeah. last year when we had uh, that anti-vaxxer that went nuts? Uh-huh. Yeah, so that's that's exactly the whole point is you have someone who believes in a movement, but they don't have a solution mm -hmm. that's credible. Mm -hmm. You know, they go, well, hey, you know, just just use essential oils. <laughs> yeah. That's be okay. And, you know, I, I joke, um, you know, we, we haven't had Michael and Josh on here in a while. We, we need to do that. Uh, Josh, Josh jokes and says that he loves uh, dating women who are anti-vaxxers. That way, just in case he gets her pregnant, uh, he'll only have to pay child support for a maximum of seven years instead of the usual 18. Fabulous solution. <laughs> the whole thing is, is, if you have an opinion, you have to have a solution on the issue you're discussing that actually is going to work. Yes, there are solutions out there that aren't the best, mm -hmm. that have problems, that have holes that can cause other issues, but if your solution is a you know if I'm throwing I'm throwing shit out right now it's an 82 percent chance of dying, mm -hmm. you know um, your solution is not too, not so good. Yeah. All right, enough ranting. Let's uh, let's let's talk. Uh, let's talk affiliate marketing. All right, so we got some questions um, about affiliate marketing. And um, so the first one is, what should I focus on when building an affiliate site from scratch? Wow, that's... Um, that's a lot. That's a big that, question. That is a lot. Um, you know, I think, I think the biggest issue that people have with affiliate marketing is they, I really hate to use cliches like, you know, bite off more than you can chew, but that really happens a lot. Okay, so here's, I'll give my tips, Michelle, and you've been an affiliate forever as well, so you can go through and, and, and dish out yours too. Um, you know, you wanna, you wanna focus on one thing, and I know it's really, you know, it's, it's tempting when you go into, say, Commission Junction, which I hate Commission Junction, and you sign up for like 50, of these sure. programs, right? And you throw them all over your site. Oh, I'm gonna make I'll make so much money. But you know what? You're 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 all over the place. You can't focus on the keys of the, of the product or service to sell it. Uh, I, I come from the background that if if I were pulled into the company and put on the phone, I would be their best salesperson because I know the product or service backwards and forwards. Mm -hmm. Completely. If you don't know it, you will have no way in your copy to write any types of points of difference. And I understand you can go through and, and you know grab uh, competitors' copy and, and grab stuff from them. But I, I guarantee you this: uh, if, if you don't know it, there's a piece that you're missing, which can greatly improve your conversion. And you know, if you're just starting out or just starting out with, with an affiliate offer and you want to do SEO, I mean, that's a, that's a waste of time because you're looking. 
at 30, 60, 90 days before you're going to rank. And you have no idea if this is even going to work. So yeah. uh, you want to focus on pay-per-click. Um, I'll tell you this. I think what we've done, Michelle, has been very effective because our affiliate sites don't look like affiliate sites. Uh, I'm hoping that makes sense. Uh, but yeah, I, think so. I think everybody knows what a typical spammy type affiliate site <laughs> looks like versus a quote real site. Yeah. Yeah. So our whole adage is based on uh, Will Reynolds. If you don't follow Will Reynolds, please do. He's a great SEO, a great marketer. Uh, he's got a very nice agency. Um, I want to see his base based in Texas, maybe the Dallas area, but don't quote me on that. But uh, his whole focus is real company shit. So your, your affiliate site should act, look, breathe, and behave just like a real company. Uh, so it, so it uh, you know, breeds trust in the person coming there uh, instead of uh, you know, looking for, as you said, Michelle, complete spammy looking site. How about you, the affiliate sites that you built? What's been your focus? Well, I mean, I think we kind of hesitated with this question then in the beginning a little because to me, it comes down to the offer. So I need to find an offer that is appealing to the audience and that's gonna pay me enough money, um, you know, to make that's it worth cute. my while. And like you said, run some pay-per-click, make sure that it converts, all that kind of stuff before I even really get to building the site. So I feel like, you know, finding the offer and, and the, his follow-up questions are how to pick, pick the right network and pick the right product. Um, so you might not even, even be working in a network. You might be working direct with the, um, the seller of the products. Um, so it's, to me, the product is more important than, or, or is the first step, I should say. Because you're going to do your competitive research, you're going to do your paperclip, paperclick tests, you know, all that kind of stuff to see if it's even viable before you start getting to building the site. Yeah, you're on, you're on that, but it's the offer is important. The network, there are networks that, well, they don't always have your best interests in mind. Uh, yeah. I don't really want to get into a huge, huge discussion on things that networks do, but one of their favorite things to do is what's called throttling. And what that means is you'll actually get a conversion, but they won't count it. And they'll actually do, you know, sometimes 15 to 20% of your conversions. Uh, they'll just tank those and not pay you for those. It's, 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 uh, it's actually built in the software and I'm trying to remember the company that started this, that actually wrote the code that, um, uh, it'll come to me. But I, we even had this discussion earlier this week, Michelle, regarding what offers pay out and what their potential is to pay out. So for example, if you were to go to straight to a network, uh, they might you know, pay, let's say $80, uh, close you know if you have a if you're doing lead gen sure once you get to a certain amount they can bump that to say a buck ten you know get a nice thirty dollar per lead raise but then once you start getting more successful the see commission junction is is like a bottom feeder you know anybody can join but yeah. once you reach a certain level there's a contract with commission junction that once you hit a certain level you get to go up the food chain. So one of the main distributors will take you on, you leave Commission Junction, and instead of getting a buck 10 per, now you're at 160 per. And you know there might be a level above that once your numbers get to a certain point. And you, know, you, could, you could get up to you know, the 200 to 220 range. Now what, why this is a key, so let's say that you're you're doing SEO and killing it. This is why you do, you're doing so well, but you're also doing the pay-per-click. And what I did back in the day is when Commission Junction, the same example, we're paying 80 and you're being paid 160, 
you could afford to drive the pay-per-click costs up, even though your margins shrink, because you're being paid twice what the next person is. And once absolutely. you start, what, I'm sorry, what? I said absolutely, yeah. yeah. So what I did is I would squeeze all the other affiliates out of the pay-per-click model and drive up the cost uh, and would completely just you know, piss them off, break their confidence. But I knew who they were because they wouldn't privatize their, their domains. And once this, this happened and I could see them start to drop off, I would call them up. And of course, introduce myself. And after the initial screaming and swearing stopped, uh, I would offer them a raise to 120. Mm -hmm. What? You're gonna give me a raise? Yeah. <laughs> I'll get out. You go back to running your pay per click, and you sell for me, and I'll pay you a, a, a 120. Nice. You you do that? Yeah. So what happens now is now I'm out of the pay-per-click game. Yeah. Turn it over to them completely. I'm doing nothing and getting 40 bucks per. Sure. And you yeah, you know what? You're trying to compete with all the with this person and all that kind of stuff, and you're still making money. All right. The best part about that is now they're running on a sub-account of mine mm -hmm. and working for me, and they have no opportunity to ever know that going up the chain even exists because now they're working for me and everything flows sure. through me. That's now my good. numbers go, go even higher. So this is, to me, this is the whole plan of when you do affiliate marketing is you got to build your numbers to the point where they want to offer you more money to keep you around and keep you happy. They can even do, you know, back when we were doing stuff at Metafast, uh, we were doing so well that we were allowed to use their trademark. Mm -hmm. So no one else could go and say, register like metafastfreeshipping.com. Well, we had we we had a signed contract that we could go through and use their trademark. Yeah. That was a huge, huge advantage because what was great, our sites were so awesome. <laughs> our main our main site looked better than Metafast's site. And customers thought we were the official site. So, so it would bookmark our site and come back and do reorders, which That's was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So let me kind of circle back around because a lot of what you're talking about is something that I've learned from you that you prioritize that I had not in the past um, is from the jump, from the get go, when you start working from with a, a new company as an affiliate is you need to prioritize the relationships with your affiliate manager. And so what are some things that you kind of do in the beginning to get things going in that department, as opposed to just signing up online and then putting their link on your site and never talking to them? Oh, um, I love, I love this question. The doors for all this other stuff that you're talking about later on down the line. Yeah, because what's, what's cool about this is this goes, goes back to uh, relationships and you know, if you don't have a relationship with your affiliate manager, you're not going to do as well as you could if you did have one. Um, I love to quote my grandfather who would always say, you know, nurture your relationships. Uh, and he'd, he'd refer to personal relationships. I'm referring to business relationships. But nurture your relationships as if they were the most important thing in your life because they are. And that, that's absolutely true with, with your affiliate uh, manager. So what we do is, um, and I love the phrase, I need your help, because most people mm -hmm. in this business mm -hmm. have a mentality that they want to help people. Uh, that's just the way, way it is. And when you say, I need, I need your help, if there's you know any walls that are up that most of the time, not all the time, but most of the time it brings them down and they're, they're more open to what you have to offer. And I always start out the same thing is, hey, I need your help. Could you take a look at my site and tell me what I need to do improve so I can sell for you better? And you know, make sure your site is solid. Don't, don't send them a site that's half done. Yeah. Don't waste their time. You want to, um, 
Oh, shoot, this is another thing you, uh, we want to cover too, is don't disclose any more information than you have to. Michelle and I believe strongly it's better to ask forgiveness than asking permission, you know, because if you want to go out and, and do something ultra aggressive with, with the way that you're marketing and you call up your affiliate manager, hey, I want to do this. Is that, is that going to be cool? They're going to say no. <laughs> mm -hmm. Don't do that. But if you do it anyway, oftentimes because you're doing so well, they won't even look to see what you're doing. They don't care. They're just, they're just happy. There's no complaints and you're following you know the whole guidelines and, and things but um yeah you you want to open that up um we send alcohol oftentimes to our affiliate managers uh and we don't wait till the holidays to do that we do that you know when they help us we send them a little something uh and that uh that makes them happy it's 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 not too difficult to find out what they like. You just have, a, have an open conversation, and uh, you know they, they they tell you that hey they had a great weekend and they uh, drank uh, this type of scotch. Well, hey, uh, send a bottle or even send a case. They'll be extremely happy about that. And of course, you send it to uh, their corporate office because you want them to open it up. And who the hell sent you that? Oh, we're our affiliates. Yeah, and they're gonna remember your name when they get that package. And every time they drink it too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I've seen too that happens when people when you open up that initial communication with, you know, I need your help. Um, you know, what else can I do with my site or whatever uh that you ask for in the beginning help wise, it really opens the door to them a lot of times giving you that insider information that can give you the edge over the competition. So it could be these keywords are really killing it for us or use this in your call to action. This phrasing works really well for us. They will just open up and give those kinds of tips to you when you open the door to that communication and ask for that help. A lot of times they really want to give it to you and the stuff they give you is really good stuff that you couldn't get from anybody else. Oh, that's yeah. We've had that happen to us many times. Yeah, and we're like, we didn't even ask no. to get the info. But yeah, it's it's a whole thing. It opens it up. The conversation's flowing, and they just say, you know what? What you do this, and yeah, um, yeah I, I, I I'm not gonna name names just because you know, we greatly respect our. Uh, our relationships but it um we had a relationship with an affiliate manager so good they would call us and say listen um we we need you to start building pages or maybe even acquiring domains for this and it would tell us something very specific mm -hmm. and like what they go yes we're launching this in about a month. So why don't you get all the content and rankings ready so when this launches and people do searches, you're all, you're, you're all already ranked. Yeah. <laughs> what? Thank awesome. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Yes. And, okay. uh, yes, yeah, so Oh, go ahead. No, I was gonna say, I, I, think, I think we beat that one down. Okay. Down, yeah. So, Let's assume we've answered the question SEO or pay-per-click first. You're going to do some pay-per-click. You want to make sure that it converts, right? So assuming that it converts, you've got a product, um, you've got a site up that looks like a real site, not a spammy affiliate garbage site. Um, the next question is, should I set up a PBN? Should I buy links? That kind of thing. That's the thing is, is what we hit on before, Michelle, about you know sending pay-per-click first. You want to make sure that, and here's the thing, there's there's lots of tools, lots of lists, lots of groups you can join, a lot of training. Uh, my favorite, I, I, I an offer I received uh, recently was, uh, for this price, we will send you a full spreadsheet with every uh, keyword that will lead to a sale. That mm -hmm. is going back to our earlier conversation. Mm -hmm. That's Horseshit. Hmm. Here's the thing is every offer is different. 
every yeah. landing page is different every headline is different every color scheme is different so a certain keyword phrase is not going to convert on every single site this yeah. is why testing and through pay-per-click is is vital so in this in this scenario you know with with pay-per-click you've got to test the offer uh, a B testing is phenomenal changing headlines changing color schemes changing price points changing location of where the call to action is you know you, you, you do some tweaks and then you then you, you've got it, got it down solid uh, and once once you have that and you know what converts you know what keywords convert because Google will give you the keywords that convert for you on the pay-per-click side, <laughs> not going to give you to you on the SEO side. It's just because not. they're assholes. Mm -hmm. uh, and and you know what? If I was running Google, I would do the same exact thing because yeah. SEO is not going to make me money. The pay-per-click is going to make me money. So I'm going to give you all the info on that side. And you SEO people, yeah, screw you. You got to figure that out that, that out on yourself if, if you think you're so smart. I mean, that's that's just. That's just good business. And SEO is that bitch about not getting that info. That's that's True. business 101. That's just happens. That's just, that's just reality. So once you understand that, then all right, I know that these three keyword phrases bring me 80% of my revenue. So I'll go out and either acquire domains or acquire links, or if I don't want to build my own private blog network or private backlink network, however you want to refer to these. It does take time. It does take effort. It does take money. Uh, sometimes, because just like pay per click, it's it's simple to get traffic. You just go out, you open up your checkbook, and you get traffic. You want links, you want authority. Open up your checkbook, and that can be bought. Uh, anyone who says it's unethical to buy links uh, doesn't have any money. Uh, I I believe that wholeheartedly. Uh, SEOs who are completely against link building, I would say 98% of them who are against it uh, don't have the money or budget to actually do it because if they did, they'd be doing it themselves because it is, it's it's advertising. It's advertising. Any business that does not advertise is a business that's going to shrivel up and die. Absolutely. Uh, so if you don't have a lot of experience building and managing PBNs, I would suggest that you don't do it and instead uh, reach out and build relationships of people who do have them that you can go and purchase links from them. Uh, and there are those that will say, hey, you know, buying links will get you banned. You know what? Just existing will give an, uh, an off, op, option of getting banned. Yeah. So how many times, Michelle, uh, there's an update that happened, a major update that happened with Google, and all the white hats are bitching because their rankings went down. <laughs> Almost every update. <laughs> every update. I'm sorry. <laughs> Did you say that don't buy links because if you because if you do, your rankings will go down? Well, guess what? You're not buying links, and your rankings are going down. Right. So yeah, pick your poison. What do you want to do? You want to grow? And build your business, or you just want to just stand around and, and hope to God. Uh, you know, I, I'm going to see uh, Mark Joyner um, in Thailand in about two weeks. He had probably one of the best uh, little cartoon, not cartoon, but it was a little you know drawing that, that he put in, in his in his book. Um, gosh, not the name of his book escapes me. But anyway, it 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 shows a gentleman at a computer and there's spider webs all over the place and he's looking at the sky saying one day one day my seo rankings will make me a millionaire oh. <laughs> mm -hmm. and you know what it's not gonna happen because you're sitting on your hands you're doing everything that you can through your own efforts but you're not marketing your business you're not marketing yeah. your content and that includes going out and buying links. And yes, um, you know, um, I wish I have Roger on, on our podcast. You know, Ro Roger I met through uh, uh, PubCon mm -hmm. and one of the smartest guys out there. He's 
absolutely brilliant. He also uh, writes for Search Engine Land, uh, or is it Search Engine Watch? I can't, I can never keep those two. Uh, Me neither. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, you know, the FTC has come down that you know your testimonials have to be legit, or you could be fined heavily. And now it's coming down too that you have to actually uh, mark what is your advertising. And yeah, people running AdSense, they'll mark, hey, uh, this is, you know, they'll, they'll mark it as being advertising. But one thing that people aren't marking as advertising, which could cause issues, is paid guest posts. Sure. You pay company, you write the article, they post it, you get a link, and it goes up, but it's not marked as an advertisement. Mm -hmm. That's what it that's what it is. Absolutely. Uh, of course. So yeah, 2020 will be interesting to see exactly what happens in, in that regard. Uh, but going back to the question of if they should, you know, create a PBN, again, I'll reiterate, if you don't have experience, don't do it. There's plenty. You know, if, if you really want to grow your business, start attending some conferences and talk to people. Um, I will tell you this, that most, most of, of the speakers will give you just a tiny sliver of their knowledge. And if you sit in a, in a session and it's informative, it's based on data, there's no bullshit, there's no hype, there's no pitch. It just basically, and they, and they give you stuff that you can actually do that day to improve your business. That's somebody you want to, you want to talk to. Mm -hmm. And, and don't, here's, here's the thing. When you go to a conference and you approach a speaker, don't say, Hey, can I buy you a drink and, and pick your brain? Oh my God. No, please. No. Have, have some cash in your pocket and say, Hey, I like, to spend an hour with you and ask you some questions and pull out a lot of cash and say, how about 500 and mm -hmm. some drink? Or, hey, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll take you and your team out to dinner and can I ask you questions? You know, respect their time. Yeah. You know, if, cause what you're saying is, hey, I wanna invest $5 in, in, a, in a beer and then yeah. talk to you for 20 minutes. That's, yeah. That's gonna piss them off, but this, this is this is how you do it. You find someone who you can relate to, uh, and then spend time with them. But invest, respect their time. Um, you know, we uh, we we even did that. We um, the last ungagged in in L.A. after my session, we had what six, seven guys afterwards. That there was, I think there it was, was more a, than that, but yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, I was heavily drinking that night, so I don't always remember. But <laughs> um, yeah, we actually had him back to the uh, that Airbnb we had, Michelle. Mm -hmm. That uh, oh, we had, we had a pool table, so yeah, we went and got some beer, had, got some pizza, and I think we shot pool till three, four a.m. It was awesome. Mm -hmm. And that's what you're after. It's not going to a conference and listening to the sessions. It's finding those who you can relate to, who you know, know their stuff. And then when you're away from the conference, that's when they'll open up and tell you more. No one's gonna get on a stage and tell you how to beat Google with a PBN and how to set it up step-by-step. Step. No one's gonna do that because they don't want that information out in the wild. That's common sense. So if you really want to take your business to the next level, get to some conferences and then work with the relationship, get to know the people who you know, know their stuff, and then hang out with them after hours. That's, that's the key. Yeah, that's when everybody's guard is down. They're having fun. They want to help. They want to share. And, and we're all having a good time kind of thing. Um, okay, last question in this affiliate marketing um, question set is how to earn fast money with affiliate marketing. How to earn fast money? Um, you know, everyone, want, everyone wants a shortcut. Um, 
you know, the thing about affiliate marketing is what's today? What's the date? 21st? February 21st, yep. So if you did a sale today, being the 21st, uh, the network or the program will compile all the results for the month of February on February 28th, or is it the 20th? Do we go the 29th this year? Is it leap year? I have no idea. Oh, yeah, I have no idea either. <laughs> but then most, most networks pay between the 20th and 24th of the month. So you make a sale today, you're not going to get paid for a month. Yeah. And that is, if you start today and for some awesome reason, you, you make a sale the same day you start, which, which is yeah. not normal. But the point is, you do affiliate marketing through a network, you know, let, 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 let's say we, we, we turn back the clock at, at February 1st. You make a sale February 1st, you're not going to get paid until March 20th to 26th. Mm -hmm. And that's totally normal across the industry. It that is. is the case most it is. of the time. So you're always at least a month behind, if not more. So that's not fast money. No. So what, if people are looking for fast money, it is going to be uh, uh, consulting work, uh, you know, anything where you can approach a company direct that you will do X service for them in, uh, for for return for X amount of money. Mm -hmm. uh, to me, there is there's nothing fast money in affiliate marketing doesn't exist just because of the model. I agree. Yeah. Um, yeah. So um, really hope that answers the person's question. Uh, you know, post uh, post if it does not. But yeah, um, yeah. Fast money is always going to be doing a contract one to one with a, either a local business or, or or someone that you can pick up doing searches and 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 picking up a contract that way. Mm -hmm. um, and a real, real quick little thing on on contracts. Uh, I learned this by dealing with attorneys, because you know, I'm divorced twice, so I got that going for me. <laughs> but what I, what, I, what I learned is there's no attorney that will do anything for you unless you give them money up front. Yeah. Same with you. If, if you're not taking money up front for your services, you are working with the wrong client and you want, you want to move on. Mm -hmm. I belong to a few uh, SEO groups that people complain all the time. I delivered this audit and they're not paying me. Oh. I'm like, well, yeah. First mistake. Not, they're not paying you because you didn't demand the money up front. Well, I was mm -hmm. gonna deposit, it's, it's the second half. No, you don't work that way. No. You work, you get paid first, then you do the work, the end. Mm -hmm. And what we do, and I think it's kind of even freaked you out, Michelle, when you, when you joined the team, is we guarantee our work. Mm -hmm. We get the money up front, and if we don't succeed, they get their money back. Sure. Um, that one's, I think, in, what, the three, four years you've been on the team? I, I don't think anyone's ever asked for their money back. No, uh, no one has. Because we, we actually deliver. But the key is your clients will treat you in the way that you train them to treat you. Mm -hmm. We never have problems with people paying us because they pay us or they don't. Yeah. And if they don't pay us, we don't work. Exactly. It's that simple. Um, you know, uh, we've, we've had issues in the past where we've had, you know, retainers. And once the retainer runs out, we stop working. Mm -hmm. And like, well, what's going on? My rankings are going down. Yeah, you haven't refilled your retainer. Sure. And they'll find their checkbook real fast. But mm -hmm. if you hand them the work and you do it and expect to be paid later, you're gonna be spending a lot of your time, maybe 20% of your day, chasing down payments that are owed to you, which is absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. But look, you may think, well, if, if I ask for the money up front because they want net 30, tell them, I don't care. I don't care what your corporate policy is. You want me? This is the deal. You give mm -hmm. me the money, 
I'll deliver the work. You put things on your terms, not theirs. Oh, well, this is gonna be a great deal. No, it's not. No, it's not. Because you'll be chasing that. You know, they'll do they'll do a net 30 and they'll make every excuse they can not to pay you. Of course. It's human nature. Oh, it is. I had uh I won't name names, but uh, the person I, I, I'm, I'm very good friends with, uh, their client owed them a significant amount of money. Mm -hmm. And the client said, look, I just don't have it right now. Uh, I'll, I'll get it to you when I can. And they had done the work and the work had improved their business. They just weren't paying their bill. Mm -hmm. And when they went to their office a week later, he had a brand new Lamborghini Ooh, mm -hmm. that he had just bought. And he's, he goes, how can he do that? He said he didn't, have, he didn't have any money. I go, yeah, he didn't have any money he wanted to give you because yeah. he wanted to go buy a Lamborghini. Mm -hmm. You taught him that he didn't have to respect you and he could go buy a Lamborghini instead and you'll wait until yep. you get your and they'll put you off. Yeah. So it's okay to be not nasty, but it's it's okay to be a dick and say, listen, either you pay me or we don't have a deal. I don't need this work as bad as as that. And you may and you may. You may need the work badly. I'm, I'm telling you right now, when you do work specifically just for the money, it will almost always turn bad on you. And it will absolutely suck. Agree on all counts. Yeah. All right. So that's my two cents. Good stuff. Thank you, Jerry. Hey, you're welcome. And no more horses on planes. Please don't recline your seat either. The inch doesn't do that much for you. Trust me. I am a woman. I know. Yeah. And just, you know, or do something that's completely crazy. Turn around and say, hey, um, is it cool with you if I recline? You know? <laughs> which, which, which it is unheard of because no one does it. Yeah. Like, you know what, who cares? I'm going, I'm going back. <laughs> All right, Yeah. we'll see you next time. We will, thanks Michelle. Thanks everybody, bye-bye.